It's the time of the year everyone's been waiting for. It's March Madness time here, and you're listening to our first reactions here on Cut to the Chase. As always, I'm your host, Chase Williams. Alongside me tonight is my good friend, Cooper Goble. How are you doing today, Mr. Goble? I'm absolutely ecstatic. Are you uh, ecstatic because of that good old Fighting Illini Big Ten Championship game today? Yeah, the uh, regular season and Big Ten tourney uh, champion, Fighting Illini. Sorry, I'm just, I, I think you messed up a little bit there. Um, regular I don't believe season, so. Second best team, technically. But... <laughs> well, we'll see. We had more wins, though, so. They did kind of agree to um, do it by win percentage, though. So, you know, tomato, another conversation tomato. for a whole different podcast. But, um, <laughs> yes, Illinois, definitely the most talented team in the Big Ten, no doubt about it, as they got the number three overs, overall seed in the March Madness tournament here. Of course, that's what we're going to go through today, starting off with we'll just go through each region. We're going to talk about games, the first-round games, the ones that stand out to us in each region and then tell you who we think the Elite Eight matchups are, and then later on we'll talk about those matchups, who we think is going to win, go on to the Final Four, National Championship, and who our national champion is going to be. So we'll start off with the number one overall seed, Gonzaga, in the West region. Cooper, what games stand out to you in this region? Um, For the first round, definitely four-seed Virginia versus 13-seed Ohio. Ohio is plays a lot higher than a 13 seed but obviously with them being a um, small conference school they're not going to come in as like a top eight seed even really but I think I think Ohio could really make some noise in that uh, region I mean Ohio did almost beat those uh, big 10 tournament champions in the University of Illinois earlier this year in Champaign actually key emphasis on almost (laughs) They're, they're quite the team, though. I agree with that one. If I had to pick one game, it's USC versus the winner of either Wichita State or Drake. Um, Wichita, Wichita State, USC, and Drake all kind of fumbling into this tournament, um, really not playing their best basketball. Drake dealing with injuries and Wichita State getting upset by Cincinnati and then USC. And the Pac-12 is just not that strong as a whole. So I think this matchup is really, really interesting. I'll be curious to see who comes out of it. I think the momentum of playing the first four, first four, excuse me, could be really, really good for either Drake or the Shockers of Wichita State. And so I wouldn't be surprised if we see a little bit of an upset right there and USC go down very early on in this tournament. But Cooper, who's your Elite Eight coming from the West? Um, I don't know. I, I, I think Iowa is a pretty popular pick. I, I, I like Iowa a lot more than I like Gonzaga because Gonzaga plays a cupcake schedule every single year then loses like first or second round. So I think I'd have Iowa and maybe a team like Creighton making a run out of because I don't I don't like a whole lot of teams in that top half of the West region. An interesting pick in Creighton, who got blown out today by the eight seed in the Big East tournament in Georgetown. Uh, it's a unique pick. I agree with the Iowa pick. I'll be interested. You know, you talked about that Ohio-UVA matchup. 
course, UVA being pulled of the ACC tournament due to COVID issues. Kansas similarly had issues in the Big 12 tournament. So I think Iowa's definitely a safe pick due to the fact that we may not see the Cavaliers of Virginia or Kansas University in this tournament. But, I mean, I believe both of those teams will get cleared to play. But it should be interesting. I agree with your Iowa pick. And I understand how you feel about Gonzaga. But they've won, like, 20 straight games by double digits. They're a phenomenal team. I love Jalen Suggs. I think we're going to see a Gonzaga versus Iowa matchup, a one versus two. I know that's a very basic type of answer, but that's exactly what I think we'll see in the Elite Eight, and I think it'd be a pretty good matchup. But now let's move on into the East region. The my One of my favorite teams, the Michigan Wolverines, got the number one seed, kind of stumbled into the tournament themselves. What matchups in the first round, one or two of them that really stand out to you here? Um... I'd say the LSU St. Bonaventure game could look like a pretty good game. Both teams are coming into the tournament pretty hot right now. I think LSU lost the SEC championship against Alabama earlier today or yesterday. They did. It was quite the game. Yeah. I'll say so. I mean, they, they showed us today they can hang with the number two seed Alabama. Um, so I could see LSU coming out of that game. They're, they are hot right now, but other than that, I also like the five-seed Colorado versus 12-seed Georgetown game. I think that one could be a real, really good game. I, I agree with your – well, I agree with both those answers. I was going to key in on Colorado versus Georgetown as well. I mean, it's pretty classic to pick a 12 over a five-seed. I think we could see that as Georgetown's one of the hottest teams. And on the other end, as I mentioned, talking about USC – Colorado, another team stumbling into the tournament. I mean, honestly, the whole Pac-12 outside of Oregon State is stumbling into the tournament. And Oregon State's not a very good team. They just got hot at the right time facing the rest of those stumbling Pac-12 teams. So that's a matchup I'm interested in, as well as I think Florida State is a good team who could make a Final Four run. But they did not pull an easy pull with UNC Greensboro. I think that's another matchup. One of those two matchups, I think whether it's the four versus 13 or the five versus the 12 matchup could be really, really interesting be a very obvious upset pick. And I think one of those teams could blow out either Florida state or Colorado. But now I want to talk about the bottom of the bracket, the whole bottom of the bracket. It's just kind of a death sentence for all those teams. BYU is going to play either Michigan state or UCLA Texas with really the only team with a Texas and Alabama both have pretty good, um, chances to win their first game, UConn versus Maryland. But, I mean, we're looking at BYU, Michigan State, Texas, Alabama. I mean, even UConn and Maryland could do some damage. Would you say this bottom part of the eastern bracket, I believe it is, yes, the east bracket, is arguably the toughest stretch in this whole bracket? Yeah, I, I definitely think the team that does make it out of this bracket could make some noise the rest of the way. Like, I mean, obviously at that point you're already in the Sweet 16, but this is this is a death group. I mean, Michigan State plays teams super hard. Alabama's a great team. BYU's been great this year. Texas is great. Maryland's had some really good games. I, <laughs> the team that comes out of here has a chance to get to the championship game. I think. 
I completely agree. I mean, I would say this. BYU, I'm not saying these teams I expect in the Final Four, but they have Final Four potential. They have a Final Four run in them. Michigan State, with the way they've been playing recently, Final Four potential. Um, Texas, Final Four potential. Alabama, Final Four potential. They're going to be battle-tested, whoever makes it into the Elite Eight, against whether that's, you know, Michigan, LSU, or Florida State would be my prediction. Speaking of the Elite Eight, what is your predicted Elite Eight matchup here in the East region? Um, I mean, Michigan is – Michigan, a bunch of frauds. We all know that. They're going to lose first round. Watch yourself. <laughs> um, I, I think Michigan has – I don't know. I don't want to pick Michigan. They've kind of stumbled over the stretch here. But in, in defense, Michigan's also got hit with the injury bug at the worst time. Franz Wagner got hurt at the end of the Ohio State game. Isaiah Livers with a stress fracture injury and Eli Brooks dealing with the ankle injury. While Michigan has struggled, I will not deny it, and they've stumbled into this tournament. They got hit with the injury bug at the worst time imaginable. But continue. Well, I mean, they did lose to Illinois fully healthy, but that's besides the point. That is also not <laughs> true. Isaiah Livers got hurt at the beginning of the second half. We didn't have Io, so. <laughs> um, you may have a point. This is becoming do not slander on Michigan podcast. <laughs> okay. But with like you said, they did get hit with the injury bug, you know, late in the year, which, I mean, that plays into my point. That's another reason not to really pick this team. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think LSU, I think they could like I mean like you said I think LSU could make a run. Florida State could maybe make a run out of the top half, and I just think that bottom half of the East bracket is so hard to predict that I could realistically see six of these teams making it to the um, Sweet Sixteen. But to, if I had to pick one of them, I might go with Michigan State. They've they've really impressed me down the stretch of this season. Okay, so Michigan State, and who do you have from the top, LSU or Florida State? Yeah. Which one, though? If you, you have to pick one. I'd probably go with LSU just because, like, I mean, Michigan has been hurt, and I think their second game would be easier than Florida State's. That is, that is a fair choice. My um... – Elite Eight is not at all the same. While I do have an LSU upset over Michigan, probably, I think the Seminoles from Florida State will get the job done against LSU. And Alabama really impressed me today. I kind of really wanted to pick an SEC championship rematch, but I did not. And so instead, my Elite Eight matchup here in the East region is the Florida State Seminoles and the Alabama Crimson Tide. It's the Crimson Tide trying to sweep both college football and college basketball this year. But we'll see what happens there. Let's move on now to the, I believe, the, the South region, which is headed by number one seed Baylor, number two seed Ohio State, who put up a tough matchup against your fighting Illini. What games stand out to you here? You know, I, I think Texas Tech is an easy pick that a lot of people are kind of keying, keying in on, saying that they could make a run uh, in this tournament. 
So I first round, I think Texas Tech versus Utah State is going to be one to watch just to really see how good this Texas Tech Texas Tech team is right now. Uh, I, a lot of um, a- analysis said that Utah State did not deserve to make the tournament. That a lot of teams had a lot of people had them as part of the first four out or even the second four out. So it was a shock today to me when I saw though. Utah State was in this tournament. So I'll be interested to see if they can make a run and prove a lot of those people wrong and show that the NCAA committee was correct. I think the game that stands out to me is UNC versus Wisconsin. And that's not necessarily because of that game, but I think both those teams could then go on to beat Baylor. UNC, coached by a great coach, Roy Williams, you know, always can't count him out, count out his team. And then Wisconsin, who has not the best record, but as you know, as a Big Ten fan, they're a tough team, sixth strongest strength of schedule this year. Both those teams could knock out Baylor in the second round, so I'll be interested to see that matchup, see how they play, as well as I think that Florida versus Virginia Tech matchup's really interesting due to the fact that I really don't like either of those teams, if I'm honest. <laughs> uh, simply the best matchups are with two great teams or two teams that I think are very undeserving matchup against each other. So I'll be curious to see what happens in that matchup because I think, I think it's a useless matchup in the NCAA tournament, if I'm honest. Um, But that's, that's just my opinion. So moving on to who do you think you could see in the elite eight coming out of the South region? I mean, you you picked Baylor to potentially get upset second round, but I and I don't like picking one and two seeds to get to the um, elite eight or sweet sixteen, just because I feel like it that rarely actually happens. But the way Baylor plays is set up for the or for uh, the NCAA tournament. They play hard on defense. They make sound decisions on offense. So I think I'd probably pick. Um, Baylor, and then coming out of the bottom, I I think I'd have to go with Texas Tech. Texas Tech, interesting choice. Uh, a, a big Big Twelve matchup in the Elite Eight—that'd be fun to watch. I will admit, I've made a bracket that was kind of like just my first instant gut reactions, and then as a Michigan fan, I made a bracket where I picked Michigan to win it all because. Why not? I mean, every <laughs> Illini fan is going to have one that is University of Illinois winning. The correct um, So, And in my final four, I do have Texas Tech. But my initial reactions, I think this is the most clear-cut bracket to have a one-versus-two seed matchup. And so that's exactly what I picked. I hate having one-versus-two seed matchups. But here we are. I did pick Baylor and Ohio State, though I have to say I think Winthrop Winthrop will handle Villanova with Villanova's injuries, and I think Colgate could upset Arkansas. So I do see some upsets coming out. I also, as I mentioned, that Florida-Virginia Tech, I hate Florida so much that I I could not pick them. So I do see some upsets, but when it comes down to it, we're going to see the one seed. We're going to see the two seed playing the Elite Eight. That's going to be your Ohio State and Baylor facing off against each other, which leaves one region left the region you're most excited for, the home of your Fighting Illini, the Midwest region. They face off against the CAA 
tournament champions Drexel, which was a little bit sad that wasn't my Elon Phoenix, but <laughs> the Elon Phoenix did have one heck of a run towards the end of the end of the season, winning seven straight and making the CAA tournament final. Have to shout out my boys there, but it's a good it's a good um it's a very good region. I mean, second rounds Illinois may have to face either Loyola Chicago or Georgia Tech. Then they could face Tennessee or Oklahoma State. None of that sounds fun for Fighting Illini fans, unless they're delusional and think that they are literally God amongst men. But what matchups stand out to you here? <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know how good of a game Oklahoma State versus Liberty will be, but Cade, Cumming- Cade Cunningham is next up in the NBA. I, I've, he's, I mean, it's not, you know like a super surprising thing to say that he's going to be the number one overall pick and a potential superstar down the line. But, you know, you got to watch those type of players when they're in college. So for me, other than the Illinois game, of course, I think just watching Oklahoma state is a must in this tournament. That's fair. What is a game that you could see an upset coming from in this region as well? It's not a huge upset, uh, I guess. Yeah, I, I think I, I could see the Rutgers beating Clemson, but 10 over 7 isn't exactly, like, the biggest upset in the world. I mean, talk about another disappointing 7 versus 10 match. Clemson, <laughs> one of the most overrated teams in the nation as well. 100%. Um, I also have the Scarlet Knights upsetting the Clemson Tigers, um, both those seven versus 10 matchups on the right side of the bracket are just atrocious, in my opinion. Um, I could complain about those until they actually happen and go on past the game after they are just the terrible two games. But I agree. I think that's that's a good upset pick. Also, I'm excited to see Cade Cunningham. I'm going to go off a little side note, and I want to ask Jalen Green, Cade Cunningham, who would you rather have? Um... I mean, it it depends on who has the pick. Like, let's say... Okay, let's go for your Chicago Bulls. They're doing halfway decent, probably won't draft either one of them this year. But let's say for some reason they have the number one pick, they can draft either of them. Who would you want? For the Bulls, I'd take Cade Cunningham. I mean, you don't need Jalen Green next to Zach Levine. (laughs) That's true. I mean, that's that's pretty simple. but going back to the tournament now, I think the matchup that excites me is Loyola Chicago versus Georgia Tech. These are two very good teams. Georgia Tech is one of the hottest teams coming into the tournament. Loyola Chicago is a very experienced team, even though they haven't made the tournament in the past few years. As uh, The Bradley Braves were back-to-back champions in the Missouri Valley Conference before this season, um, before they fell apart completely. But <laughs> that's another side note that, would upset at least the one listener of my father to this podcast. Um, Shout out, Gary. <laughs> yeah, Gary and I, we we struggled to watch the Braves this year, but that's a different story, of course, that is my father's alma mater. But I think that matchup <laughs> could be really, really good. And um, I, I'll ask you as a Fighting Illini fan, I mean, I definitely feel like U of I could beat both of those teams pretty easily. But is that's not a great eight versus nine pull for the line I to have. Do you agree? I, I agree with that. Out of the I mean, other eight, nine, 
poles in the bracket, I would say that's probably the hardest. I uh, yeah. Other than maybe I completely LSU. agree there. And I mean, granted, the fighting line I do have Kofi to handle with Cameron Kurtwig, um, but still not fun to play a guy like Cameron and Loyola, how well they're coached by Porter Moser as a whole. It should be a tough matchup. But I'm curious, are the Fighting Illini your Elite Eight, and who are they facing if so? Yeah, I got to pick the Illini. I mean, they've won six in a row, five ranked wins over the last 16 days. They're coming in hot. I know they lost to Michigan State, but I think they've won eight of their last nine. I, plus, like, being a homer, I can't not pick my team. That's, they haven't been in the tournament for, like, 10 years. I have to pick my team. No shame about that. And for the bottom half, I don't love any of these teams. Clemson's overrated. Uh, Houston's entire college had COVID at one point and missed like a, a month. Cleveland State, Moorhead State, you know, they're probably not making a run. San Diego State's okay. I don't really like Syracuse. I guess West Virginia comes out of the bottom. I the bottom half of the Midwest bracket's pretty weak in my opinion. Yeah, I mean Illinois drew a great bracket with the fact that if they can get to the Elite Eight, mm-hmm. they have a good shot at making the final four, but pulling that second round and then having to potentially face someone like Kate Cunningham in the Sweet Sixteen is not an easy pull. No. Um it, it was a toss up between the fighting Illini and Oklahoma State, the Cowboys. Um I did, in fact, decide that the Fighting Illini would win. The Fighting Illini, I feel like in that Michigan game where we did not say, see Deshumu play, the blowout. we saw, we, we, saw um, we, we saw the Fighting Illini really play as well as they have as a team. And even when they got back to full health, they've been playing seven, eight guys deep playing as well as possible. And I think that's going to counterbalance and destroy, actually, someone like Cade Cunningham, who has to do a lot for that Cowboys team. But as you mentioned, the bottom side of this region is just, it's ugly. I mean, San Diego State, I don't love. Syracuse, I don't love. West Virginia, I don't love. Moorhead State, I don't love. Clemson, I don't love. Rutgers, I don't love. Houston, I don't love. Cleveland State, I don't see has a chance. (laughs) So all of those teams, and I have to pick one of them, I ended up picking San Diego State, and I don't have much of a reason for it. (laughs) But I I completely agree with you with the fact that the bottom half of that region is really, really bad. Yeah. But we're going to take a quick break here on Cuts to the Chase. When we come back, we'll talk about our Elite Eight predictions, who we have winning those games, as well as who we have winning the final four, and then, of course, who our national champion is. But stay tuned. Welcome back into Cut to the Chase. As always, I'm your host, Chase Williams, alongside me today to talk about the NCAA tournament and make some predictions. It's a good friend of mine, Cooper Goble. And as we were talking during the break, Cooper, you brought up how weird it is to not see Duke, Kentucky, even the Cardinals of Louisville, who could potentially get in as one of those replacement teams before the field is completely set on Tuesday night at, I believe that's 6 p.m. Eastern. So talk to me a little bit about that. Does that what does that mean for the tournament? Do you think that's going to make for a more fun tournament or more, honestly, boring, bland tournament because you don't have those big teams that 
everyone loves to see upset in the tournament this year. I think it could definitely hurt ratings. I mean, like, obviously Duke has a huge fan base. Kentucky, Louisville does. And even UNC is, what, an eighth seed this year? Like, and you're used to seeing those teams as a, usually at worst, like a a four seed. And for three of them to not make the tournament and UNC to be, like, a middle-of-the-pack team this year, it's it could definitely hurt TV ratings, but I I, I, with, I don't know, with March Madness having so many teams in it, I don't think it one team being in it or not being in it really affects, like, the blandness of the tournament. I mean, it, it's so crazy, though, the fact that both Duke and Kentucky are not in this tournament. Um, also, neither of them taking NIT bids, which was no surprise at all. <laughs> but it's, it's quite unique. Um, so let's go into our predictions you know we talked about those elite eight matchups starting back up in the western region your your matchup of creighton the five seed versus the two seed of iowa uh, all iowa matchup going in going on in the state of indiana for the elite eight who do you have winning and going into the final four i I think iowa comes out of this uh west bracket no matter who they face I, I I think Iowa is just such a well-rounded team. They play hard. I really don't like Iowa, but they're talented. Luca Garza's top three player in college this year. If their shots are falling, they're they're going to be tough to beat for anybody. They they will be tough to beat. That's for sure. I have Iowa facing off against the Zags Gonzaga. Um, I'm starting to rethink my whole West region right now, but I don't. I'm, I'm sticking with the Zags. I have the Zags making the final four. I think they'll beat Iowa. I don't know. It's just always tough with those mid-majors. They played really well early on in the beginning of the season against teams like Kansas, even though Kansas fell off for part of the season, but somehow still got a three seed in the tournament, which kind of surprised me. That's a whole nother conversation. But I think the Zags will beat Luca Garza. Um that's the truth of it. I think Iowa is pretty much just Luca Garza, and they'll move on to the Final Four. Now we'll move down into the Eastern regions. You know, you had that Louisiana State LSU versus a very interesting pick, Michigan State making it from the first four into the Elite Eight. Are they going to continue that Cinderella run into the Final Four, or is it going to be the Tigers of LSU in this eight versus 11 matchup? I mean, it's called March Madness for a reason. If you're not picking a fun bracket like this, what are you doing? I, I, th- I think they're, I think they're run-ins there, though. I think LSU takes it in that matchup. I'm not. I just, I don't love a lot of teams in this East bracket. It's not the best division, but I, I think LSU's hot enough right now and talented enough to make it to the Final Four. And, um. Clearly don't love my Michigan Wolverines. Sadly, I don't either. You know, I have the Seminoles of Florida State, but I don't think they're going to stand a chance. I think this is going to be your Elite Eight blowout that we seem to see a yearly basis, and it's going to be Alabama blowing out the Seminoles of Florida State and going on to the Final Four to face off against Gonzaga. But let's move over to the South region. You know, you have a Big 12 matchup. That is Baylor and the six-seed Texas Tech are – are the Red Ranger, Red Raiders, excuse me, gonna pull off the upset of Baylor? 
you know, earlier in the, I, I've, I've watched Baylor play a decent amount this season. And I, I think they're going to be such a difficult out no matter who they pull this year. So I, I think Baylor would come out of the South bracket. I just, I don't love picking one seeds. It's not as fun and it doesn't usually happen. But I, I think Baylor is going to be tough to beat for any team in that region. I I mean, I agree. I think Baylor is going to be tough to beat. But I've hated on the Buckeyes a lot recently. But they really impressed me today. I, I think for the first time really looked at how their team worked together and when it didn't work, why it wasn't. And I think I have full belief that the Buckeyes, sadly – can make the final four and will beat the Baylor Bears. So the big ten I got I got Ohio State going into the final four. And so let's move on to that last region. You know, you have your fighting Illini facing off against the Mountaineers of West Virginia. Do they have any chance against your fighting Illini? No, they don't. We're gonna be playing Take Me Home West Virginia as we're cutting down the nets. I think it's no uh, Take Me Home Country Roads. I don't care. They're but, going home regardless. West Virginia Mountain Mama, but you know, <laughs> we won't we won't get a copyright claim for singing too closely to the song tonight. You're welcome. Anyways, I I have the fighting line. I think this is going to be another blowout. They're going to blow out the San Diego State Aztecs. I don't see the West Virginia Mountaineers getting anywhere near the uh, Elite Eight, I think they'll be beat in the second round by the Aztecs, but I agree the Fighting Illini will be in the final four. So now, let's look at your final four matchups, starting off Iowa versus LSU. Who's going to the national championship? I think LSU puts a run to the Big Ten teams, first Michigan, and then ending with Iowa in that side of the bracket. So LSU in your national championship, is that against your fighting Illini or the Baylor Bears going to take advantage of University of Illinois? It's hard to beat a team twice in a year. Granted, Illinois did it several times this year against Big Ten opponents, but I think Illinois beats the Bears easily. I, I, you know, whatever you want. My final four, of course, I have the Zaga. Versus Zaga versus Bama, and I'm really trying to change this to Alabama, but my first reaction said Gonzaga is going to make the national championship. But I agree, they will face the Fighting Illini. Fighting Illini will face off, will beat Ohio State for the second time within a very recent memory, third time overall this year. And so, your national championship, the Tigers of LSU, the Fighting Illini of University of Illinois. Who's your national champion, and why is it the Fighting Illini? I mean, I I hate to do this to Joe Burrow, right? He's such a he seems like such a good guy, you know. He won the title for LSU, but man, it's time Illinois goes dancing. They <laughs> we have not won anything ever. It's so hard not to pick my boys. I see him around campus all the time. We're best friends. We ride the elevator together, which, in my opinion, is more important than actual basketball reasons. You heard it here first. University of Illinois student, Cooper Goble. Um, <laughs> not actually attend the <laughs> University of Illinois. I do live here, though. You, you do live in the same city as them, though I believe technically they live in Urbana and you live in Champaign. 
tomato, tomato. What is it? Shampoo? Shampoo, um, banana. Shampoo, banana, also known as champagne urbana. For those, if you know, you know. Um, (laughs) Anyways, my national championship does not end the same way. The fighting Illini are going to be disappointed on an early April Monday night when they see the Zags get their rings, win that national championship. Gonzaga's going to be the first team since what? That was 1970, I believe, with the university. Uh, with Indiana University, excuse me. And I believe Zaga will have an undefeated season this year. But we're not quite done yet. I want to ask you kind of as a wrap-up question. This doesn't have to be a team you kind of picked it or predicted already. What is a team or two that you could see just making a crazy Cinderella-type run in this March Madness tournament? I could definitely see um, Oklahoma State make a run. That's not crazy with them being a four seed, but with them having a player of Cade Cunningham's um, ability, they're, they're going to go as far as he can take them. And, I mean, we're about to see how far that can truly be. I, I agree with that. That was going to be one of my picks, if I'm honest. I'm moving over to my um, other bracket, which is more bold, if I'm honest. Um, I picked a bracket, of course, to have my Michigan Wolverines win. That Final Four had Iowa, Michigan, Texas Tech, Oklahoma. But I think – I don't know. I guess Wisconsin as a team I could see making a run. If they upset Baylor, I think they could go – for a while, as well as Winthrop, which is a Sweet 16 matchup we could see in with Wisconsin Badgers and the Winthrop Eagles. Both of those teams, I think, could make a decently large run. Also, you know, you kind of predicted 11 seed playing in the first four of Michigan State, making it to the Elite Eight. I could see Drake or Wichita State doing that. I think it's going to be tough. Wichita State's really fumbled the bag recently, and Drake's dealt with injuries. But Kansas doesn't impress me. And Iowa does have arguably the best player in the nation, even though I don't think he is in Luca Garza. And I sure know you don't think he is either. Most definitely um, not. <laughs> but I, I, I do think that either of those two teams could beat Iowa if they came up, which is why Luca Garza is not the best player of the nation. Um, but I think that's another team, of course, that could make an upset. And now I'm going to go really crazy. This is a question that's going to make you think. If you had to pick a 14, 15, or 16 seed to have an upset this weekend, who is it? It's not a 14 or a 15 seed, but I could see Michigan losing round one. All right. Now I just feel like you're lying, but no. Uh, for, an, for an actual pick, I, I can't see Iowa – or Ohio State losing first round to Grand Canyon or Oral Roberts. Like, those teams are too talented for that. If a 15 seed wins, I could maybe see it being Cleveland State. Like I said earlier, the entire College of Houston had COVID and they shut down for a month. So, like, not that that's why they lose, but I just, I don't like uh, Houston this year. I don't think they're as good as a or as good of a team as the other two seeds. And I don't really see any 14 seeds pulling off an upset that I can, uh, maybe Kansas, I could see them losing. I don't think they're, they're overrated. And I don't think they're unpopular thing to say. 
Yeah, I mean, the popular pick would be Colgate over Arkansas. Colgate can shoot the lights out of the gym. But I agree, I'm not going to go with that pick. My pick's similar to you. I was going to, I was leaning towards Cleveland State. And if it's not Cleveland State, then it's Moorhead State. So it's coming from that Midwest region, whether it's the 14 or the 15 seed. Only time will tell. But speaking of time, we're out of time here on the Cut to the Chase podcast. Cooper, thank you as always for coming on. It was uh, quite the episode. I had a lot of fun tonight. It was another lovely night together recording this beautiful podcast. Yes. Yes. Lovely night recording the podcast. Um, But anyways, you know, once this first round of games is over, I will likely do something similar for the round of 32, Sweet 16, Elite 8, etc. on and on. To no one's surprise, you may hear the gracious voice of Cooper Goble across your headphones or through your speakers once again throughout this whole tournament process. Only time will tell. But again, Cooper, thank you for coming on. Best of luck to your fighting Illini. It's a shame when they lose in the national championship to my Michigan Wolverines, um, which is really funny because earlier in the year, I'd be like, you know, I'm not a huge Michigan basketball fan, <laughs> but you know, I, I I really do like Jawan Howard. And I like the team he's built. We don't need Josh Christopher. How's Arizona State doing, buddy? Um <laughs> Feel salty. This team would be no doubt about it the best team in college basketball if we had Josh Christopher. But instead, no. Josh Christopher unretired James Harden's number at Arizona State and just messed everything up. But, anyways, <laughs> again, Cooper Goble with the pick of the Fighting Illini. Me sadly picking Gonzaga, hoping I'm wrong, but only time will tell. As always, you guys are listening to Cuts to the Chase, and we out.